This is The Naturalist. In every episode, we're covering the products, ideas, and trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. And that's really been the, the guidepost for starting the company was how do we make an option that is no compromises for all. And so whether that be a plant-based eater that might be concerned about allergens and hyper-processed proteins, we don't use any, to the meat eater who wants an option that has the packs of good punch protein, that has the, obviously the taste of meat and the experience and also isn't made with ultra-processed ingredients. So we can really check all of the boxes. All right. How was your trip? It was very nostalgic. And the wedding was good? Yeah, the wedding was beautiful. My my cousin's daughter was getting married and she is just, I don't know, um, I didn't really know her at all when she was a kid, but then she came and stayed with me a few times in Spain when she was in college and she's just a complete kindred spirit. She's just so great. I get, I just love her so much. So that was really special. Yeah. And what about the food, the wedding food? The food was good. Food was good. Oh, and last night in... No, two nights ago in San Diego, Erica um, Kraft recommended a restaurant to me and we went and it was so delicious. So that was great. Well, I like wonder, I haven't been to a wedding in a while and I like, <laughs> including my own because I didn't really have one. <laughs> but like, I wonder about like the food now, like there was so yeah. many like dietary preferences and restrictions <laughs> and all of the things, like how do they make <laughs> sure everyone could eat? We just, we picked ahead of time. You know, you had like three choices when you did the invitation. And they had a gelato machine, like a gelato bar instead of a cake. And then... um, I like that. And then, and my (laughs) husband and I, we've been together for 10 years. We've never been to a wedding together because we met when we were both two, like all of our friends were married already or... Didn't you get like a second round, like the like second marriages or? I, well, I think that's what we're starting on now. <laughs> that's what you're like. You went to one this summer in Spain, but I couldn't go. So, uh, yes. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think we've ever danced together. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's a nice experience. Yeah. 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 We got all dressed up. All fancy. It was real fancy, yes. Well, let's talk about fancy vegan foods. Oh, I love that idea. So this, well, okay, so yeah, our episode today, we're so excited about our guest. I'll let you do the introducing, Adrian, because it feels fitting. But um, really, I think we just want to talk about kind of this next wave of vegan foods, and we've been calling it craft vegan which is not original material we first heard that term from mitch orland who's one of our favorite retailers he's the senior vice president of merchandising and procurement at earth fair and we sort of like latched on to this term because we thought it was so spot on for what's happening in the vegan packaged foods movement right now yeah i really love that term craft vegan and it really is talking about those that kind of new wave of artisanal vegan foods. So we're l- talking about all those rich, creamy, dairy-free butters, those nuances, cheeses with a Z, right? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to that. Like, 
will we get sued if we say cheese with an S, but it's act, not act, not dare, non dare. I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> think we need to keep the Z in there. But you know, it's all the pates, these cured meats, but they're all plant based. We have these incredible, delicious plant based seafoods we've been seeing, and um, and I love the fact that it's kind of it was vegan, then it went to plant based. And now it's back to vegan again. So this is really about embracing veganism at its finest, these incredible, artisanal, wonderful inventions. Yeah. The V word, another V word we talk a lot about on this podcast. So many V words. <laughs> Two mainly, but yes. Uh, yeah, and it, it definitely is clear that things have come a long way from that earlier and first big wave of plant-based products that we where we mainly saw burgers nuggets cheese slices and you know it's so many nuggets all the nuggets yes all the nuggets um and you know the this market is is so large now and that's where we're seeing some of the real creativity and innovation i believe the market for meat substitutes alone is valued at over 10 billion so that's just meat substitutes, not even factoring in dairy alternatives and, and all the great things happening there. And I, I actually can't let this moment pass without quoting one of our wonderful colleagues, Rick Polito. He likes to say, we have reached peak nugget. So <laughs> we've reached peak nugget. I think there was a nexty, um, nexty edition a couple of years ago. We had, you know, maybe 50 or 60 different kinds of vegan chicken nuggets. Not that there aren't incredible and delicious products out there, but I feel like this is kind of coming on the other side of that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think we're also seeing more diversity in like the, certainly the types of products, but also in the ingredients used and rather having these like high, rather than having these highly processed, often soy-based products. Now in vegan, we're seeing the creative use of nuts and seeds and more of those whole food ingredients that I think is also working hand in hand with some of these more artisanal product types. So I, I like to see more of those ingredients entering the vegan packaged product space. Now, you know, these, oh, I know you were going to say something, you're about to say something good. I need to hear it. <laughs> no, I agree. And I was just going to say, I think that that's one of the things that is really making these foods so attractive to flexitarians or to people that might not only eat or follow a vegan lifestyle, um, it's a lot more compelling to eat this incredible craft, artisanal, nutrient-dense, pumpkin-based blue cheese than an option that might not have that same nutrient-forward um, nutrient profile. Yeah, 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 definitely agree. And then when we look at the space overall, I do think, you know, not every vegan consumer is going to want that like super convincing meat and dairy analog, like what we'll talk about with the foie gras um, and other kind of cured meats and things like that. They may not want to replicate that experience. However, the main obstacle that vegans face is that they are still craving non-vegan foods. And we ran a stat on newhope.com that 37% of people following a vegan diet and lifestyle are still having those cravings. So obviously the types of products that we'll talk about on the list that do really replicate the experience of a charcuterie board 
or something like that are appealing to those consumers. And as you mentioned, also really appealing to more flex consumers, a flexitarian who sometimes will indulge in these foods, but really is like, okay, if I can have a more nutritious animal free version, I'll probably choose that. And I definitely think like I'm in that category of people. Um, one of my favorite products right now is a vegan butter and I use it in everything because I'm like, okay, I don't need all that butter. Um, although I do have my pillow and <laughs> is it really ironic that I say that right now? I literally have a pillow, but it could be vegan butter. And I want to see the butter. pillow. Mm. Okay. For, for everyone listening at home, we are looking at a, let's say a pretty giant pillow that says butter on it in large letters. It actually looks like a stick of butter. My husband I, actually just put another pillow over this in the background of one of my calls the other day. So it just said the first part of that word, but he thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, and you know, as soon as we get off this recording, I'm going to start Googling where I can purchase that exact same pillow. <laughs> That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Thank so you. you dropped a hint earlier, Jessica. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't, I was getting really excited, but you did drop a little hint about who we're talking to on the podcast today. Yep. You guessed it. It's the makers of the vegan foie gras that has been the talk of the town at Expo East on this podcast, on our website in the nexties, Prime Roots. So we are talking to Kimberly Lee, one of the co-founders of Prime Roots. Hi, Kim. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good morning. Good morning. So you've been traveling a lot, right? A ton. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so sorry that we scheduled this first thing on a Monday morning. Well, I'm a morning person, so this is great. Well, it is. It is. I know it is kind of a a shell shock when you get back home and you've been on a trip and it's like, oh, my gosh, now I have to think. And My body still thinks it's like almost noon so totally awake you i don't think very awake (laughs) all right so you're gonna have to bear with me this morning yeah i mean the only thing i (laughs) the only thing that i'm like kind of weird on right now is like i'm very hungry because it's like almost lunch yes yes i hear you i hear you there we're it's early here in colorado but since we're going to talk about food i'm definitely going to finish this interview being hungry I'm excited to talk food. Yeah, so so Kim, you were one of the co-founders of Prime Roots. Correct for now. Correct from here. So far, so good. Okay. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. So um, I started Prime Roots in 2017. Um, Before that, um, I was a very lucky daughter of a chef. uh, So ate very well growing up. Um, and I just love food in general, grew up in the industry with, uh, my parents being restaurateurs and just really love the art of getting amazing food to people and growing up also tinkering around the kitchen a lot. Uh, I was exposed to fermentation and just lots of really exciting concepts at that intersection of like art and science and food. I I went to UC Berkeley for school and I learned about the immense impacts of animal agriculture. Animal agriculture, 
accounts for more greenhouse gas emissions than all transportation combined. Um, so that's, you know, some by some estimates up to like 20% uh, greenhouse gas emissions. And it did some back of the envelope math at the time. And it was staggering because if you look at how much the population is going to grow um, over the next, call it 50 years, and just the intensity of resources that meat consumption takes, um, we would need the equivalent of eight planet Earths to be able to sustain our love as a society for meat. And so that really got the cogs turning. I'm a very proud flexitarian, um, so I'm not vegan myself, but I'm really dedicated to personally reducing my meat consumption, as a lot of people are. Uh, and also really helping enable that with primers and the work that we're doing to be able to make products that really hit the spot in terms of health, taste, of course, um, nutrition, texture, um, and really replicating the experiences of meat that I grew up loving. Um, I grew up with a meat slicer in my house, and you know that's a unique experience, but I love deli meats um, and I love the ability to, you know, have a sandwich, put it in a salad, just the culinary versatility of charcuterie and deli. And so at Primates, that's what we're starting off with is is making all of our deli classics, all plant based. Thank you. I mean, that your philosophy really resonates with me as well. Um, I'm also flexitarian. You know, I, I love meat. I'm concerned about its origin, the meat that I'm eating. And I also so anyone that's listened to this show before has, of course, heard me talk about your incredible plant-based vegan foie gras. Such an incredible product. And this is just one of the premium products that you that you have. And all of those are based on Koji. So can you tell us a little bit about Koji? What is it? How did you come across it? Why did you decide to use that? Can you give us a, a Koji 101? Absolutely. Koji... Most people have actually had koji before, which is really interesting. Um, it's found in miso, soy sauce, and it's responsible for making the products really, really umami and delicious. Uh, koji is a Japanese fungi. Um, I like to tell people to think about it like the roots of mushrooms. Uh, so microscopically, it ha actually has the identical texture of animal muscle fiber, which is why it's such a great base ingredient for making all of our products. It's always our first ingredient, so it's the majority of the product. It's koji. It's full of protein, fiber, um, and people always ask, like, what is it? What's the texture? Like, what is it like? Like, just raw. And it's very similar to chicken breast in texture. So if you, like, kind of torn apart a chicken breast, it has those, like, fibers, um, it's kind of white in color, uh, and we make the koji at Prime Roots, and we also make the meats from it. So we've spent the last six years really perfecting the koji craft and perfecting you know, really how to make koji meats from it. Um, so we have a whole line of products ranging from ham, turkey, salami, um, and of course our koji foie gras is one of my personal favorites as well. I was really surprised to see, I mean, not to, not to only talk about the foie gras, but I was really surprised to see you have that product because I mean, I lived in Europe for many, many years. And of course, foie gras is a really commonplace premium item there, but it's not something that you typically see in grocery stores or refrigerated refrigerators in the U S. So 
What, what made you decide to, I mean, the, the daily meets make a lot of sense to me and we'll obviously come back to those as well because they're ab- absolutely spectacular. But what made you decide to do the foie gras? That's so fascinating to me. So we tackled really all classic deli and charcuterie items, really the core set. And as we were tinkering around with pâtés and foie gras, um, we saw this like need for the product because there, there is not very much out there. Um, and really to showcase and highlight the versatility of Koji to make them one of the most premium you know, products in the store and mo- most expensive products in the store, which is a foie gras all the way to like a humble ham or humble turkey and really showcasing that versatility. Also, we love to eat it. It's delicious, as you know. <laughs> I get the privilege of traveling with it all the time, and it is definitely a snack I eat a lot. And it, it's also a, a head-turner, and I think it is a game-changer for a lot of folks in the industry and in the culinary world. Try the product and are mind-blown. Um, we recently started to uh, partner with Zabar's, which is a iconic, legendary deli um, in New York City, and um, it's been so fun to sample the products there and like get folks' reactions who may be locals um, and you know very very foodie forwards. Um, and I always remember um, there was this gentleman from France who came in, and you know the idea of a koji foie gras was was interesting. It was like, huh, like oh, is this just a plant based product? tried it was mind blown couldn't believe it and like immediately grabbed the product um and this person has eaten foie gras their entire life so and then you know got a lot more open to trying other products um and i think we've converted a whole family so (laughs) uh, that's a pretty common reaction we get it doesn't matter like what your entry point into prime roots is but when people try a product that they know and love and they're they're always so surprised that they actually like the koji plant-based version um and so i that was something i was really really intrigued by about our product line is if you like turkey you're very likely to like our turkey Uh, whereas i think for most plant-based products you have a frame of reference for what the conventional product is and so it's easy to say oh like you know it's not the same or it doesn't taste good but our product's just tastes really good. Well, and I, the, the other product that really blew my mind, and I love that you said mind blown because um, wasn't that what we actually put on your Nexi trophy when you won the Nexi trophy for your foie gras? You blew the editor's mind. So that was, per, I guess we expressed it perfectly. You blew our minds. Um, the other product that I thought was absolutely amazing was the salami. The flavor. Oh my gosh. This salami is also a fan favorite um, with the foie gras. It makes a great charcuterie board. And we take a lot of care in uh, just how we make the product. So like the salami is actually a dried product. So similar to how what you would expect in a conventional salami. Um, our, you know, all of our products have a lot of inspiration from the actual meat itself. So everything from like our hams are netted and roasted just the same way you would with conventional ham. Um, and so it's it's really surprising how similar our products are in terms of function. So like one-to-one in an operator setting, you know, you can shave it, you can slice it, you can have it hot, you can have it cold. But it all comes down to the koji and like how we actually go about making the meats. It's very, very similar to actually how you make meat. 
and it's also extremely clean. So we've been able to avoid like everything that is conventionally in plant-based, like the soy, the wheat, um, the allergens, the processed plant protein. So we've been able to avoid all that, which is really exciting. I'd love to hear a little bit about what format you sell these in and where. Who's your audience? So it's hard speaking about it, but imagine going to a deli counter. So, you know, your local grocery store at the deli counter behind the glass and there are like chubs of meat, um, you know, ham, you get turkey, you have your charcuterie and you can order by the pound. Uh, and that is where Primates lives. We actually have chubs in the case. Um, and so it is a little bit of a paradigm shift in that there's never been a plant-based sliceable deli option in the deli before. Um, so people sometimes think, oh, like, are you a packaged deli meat? Like, no, no, we're like literally in the deli case. And we're in the sandwiches at the deli. You can get any sandwich made with Primates meats. Um, there's usually, you know, like, slice packs you can order by the pound and it is a really really cool experience to be able to get the products that you know and love but have it have a really really big impact positive impact on the planet um, and also you know avoids all of the nitrates and preservatives and we call it the bad stuff that is in conventional deli meats so it is a healthier option in many regards um, including like we don't have any cholesterol what was it like when you first took your product to retailers? Surprisingly, very positive. So when we first made prototypes, uh, we packed up, a, like, I remember, like, I think it was, like, the pack was 70 pounds with, like, ice packs and everything. And this was, like, first cut, you know, like, prototypes. And I, I'm from the Bay Area, and so we flew to New York City. <laughs> uh, with, with your plant-based meat 70 pound suitcase right yeah I, I still travel very very heavy <laughs> today um and literally we had these chubs that were just in prototype form had a hit list of like the most iconic delis and also like some beloved bodegas um and just strolled in and just said hey like we're making this like plant-based deli meat. Would you be open to trying it? And I really like I had prepped myself like as a California, like, you know, okay, like they're going to kick us out. We could, like get out of here. You know, like I was ready for all of that. But surprisingly, everyone was super open to the concept. Like people put it on their slicers. They sliced it. They gave it to the team. And every single person that we had tried the products to love the concept and love the taste and a lot of folks were really open to giving us feedback too it's like oh like you could use this note or have you thought of adding like this herb or spice to like make it you know more of this type of ham or that type of turkey so it was a really really eye-opening experience and new york really is the deli capital of the world and it so really is. it was very validating and we recently launched in new york city as well and so Kind of doing that full circle um, has been just an amazing journey. And I think, you know, we're excited to be hopefully a part of Delhi's coast to coast and um, and every deli counter coming to you soon. So grocery deli, sandwich deli, just like delis in general. It's such a big part of the American food culture. Um, and it's crazy that there aren't 
really many plant-based options given that sandwiches are the most consumed food in America. Um, so very excited to be a part of that movement. I could see this product doing really well like at universities in food service. So um, is food service a big part? I mean, you've mentioned delis, obviously deli counters. So is food service a big part of your distribution strategy? So technically food services are only like way we get to people today. Even in the grocery store, we're in prepared foods, food service deli. So it operates very differently than kind of the center store. So we're technically 100% uh, food service. We don't have a slice format. We only do the bulk. That was my next question. <laughs> fresh is really best like when it comes to conventional deli meat and plant-based deli meat. So having a fresh option, it's moister, it's more delicious, it has the flavor. And you can have full, you know, culinary customizability. So get it pound shape, you can get it sandwich cut. We have a lot of people who get a dinner cut even and like just, you know, toast it up um, on a pan. So it's a really interesting um, experience to have at a deli. Was the shelf life issue a struggle for you? We I don't know anything about Koji meat, so... <laughs> Because we're plant-based, um, and even though we don't use preservatives or nitrates, we actually have a longer shelf life um, on average than conventional meat. Wow, that's great. Yeah, so from an operator perspective, it is um, a lot easier. So you're providing a nutritious product, no cholesterol, um, it less waste, I mean, it kind of feels like win-win, more environmentally sustainable. New consumers going to the deli, consumers who don't go to the deli coming back to the deli. So it is definitely a big win-win. And it also, like, we've had so many families just tell us, wow, it's like it's simplified how we eat because we don't have to get, you know, a vegetarian option, a vegan option, a meat option. Like, it really just hits the spot for all types of eaters. Um, and that's really been the the guidepost for starting the company was how do we make an option that is no compromises for all? And so whether that be a plant-based eater that might be concerned about allergens and hyper-processed proteins, we don't use any, to the meat eater who wants an option that has the packs a good punch of protein, that has the, obviously the taste of meat and the experience and also isn't made with ultra-processed ingredients. So we can really check all of the boxes. That's incredible. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about impact. So is Prime Roots, uh, you're a B Corp, is that correct? We are. Great. And and I did read a little bit on your website about impact, so measuring your impact. So how do you measure your impact? So we're a very mission-driven organization, and the impact is really at the core of what we do. Uh, and so one of the things, kind of more on a consumer level, and then I'll dive into the stats, um, is people always like when they try the powders like oh like I have a friend who's vegan or like my daughter is like vegetarian and the products are for those folks but they're actually more for you just like whoever's listening because as someone who eats meat or you know as a flexitarian every meal that a meat eater swaps for a plant-based forward option that is where the impact comes from the vegan is already doing really, really great by the planet. <laughs> Their choices already make a big impact. And so, you know, they're winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
if like we were to replace hummus or whatever plant-based meat option is currently being consumed today in that consumer's basket it doesn't make any incremental change but for a flexitarian or an omnivore meat eater to pick up a prime roots product like that sandwich makes a huge difference uh we know for beef i think it's like one one calorie of beef is equivalent of about 30 ish calories of feed input so that's a lot of calories and a lot of resources going into that um, and so for for our impact calculation, um, which we um, <clears throat> worked on with an external agency, um, they actually came and they do they specialize in life cycle analyses and they did everything from weighing the cardboard boxes in her facility to understand like how much, um, you know, impact comes from using those like the material inputs, um, our process inputs. It was a pretty intensive process. I think it took like three to six months Um and and so we have really good baseline measurements for our water usage, land usage, energy usage, um, and we're I think between I think eighty nine to ninety four percent more sustainable than uh, the conventional option, and so it's a great starting place, and we'll only get better as we scale. That's fantastic. So I just want to ask one more question. Gonna turn it. I've turned it weak in your defenses, so you'll just tell it to me straight. <laughs> What's that for prime roots? What are you gonna make next? Prosciutto. I'm expecting something <laughs> exciting. Spanish jamón. Oh. <laughs> well, take more requests. Um, I just said good to know. We are always looking to up the deli game, so thinking about. What are other form factors? What are other deli meats and charcuterie meats that um, we haven't made yet? So the deli case is pretty large. Um, surprisingly, yeah. actually, there's a lot of space in it. And so uh, more primary roots products coming soon. We have about 15 products today. So um, wow. if your local retailer doesn't carry um, your favorite, you can also ask for it. Wow, that's fantastic. And what do your parents think? Your chef parents, what do they think about your product? So at first, my mom didn't understand. She's like, you're not vegan. I don't understand. Like, you know, why are you doing this? And she, her restaurants, um, you know, served meat um, when I started the company. And then obviously COVID happened. Um, and she actually shifted her entire concept to being fully plant-based. But wow, very similar venue to what she did before. So it's a... Uh, I think been you've brought that impact home (laughs) yeah it's uh it's definitely been I think a learning experience for just as a consumer too like you know how learning about the impact of your food choices both from a health perspective um but also from an environmental perspective it's a journey and so I think that you know at Primates we're really excited to be a part of that journey and make it really easier to have plant-based options uh and so excited to power your sandwich soon i love that thank you so much for being here kim it was great talking to you thanks adrian thanks for being a big fan (laughs) i'm the number one fan i'm pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) uh let's create 
the vegan charcuterie board of our dreams for this edition of the list. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. And you know, November is World Vegan Month. So no time like the present. No time like the present. (laughs) So what have we got on this vegan charcuterie board of our dreams? Should I kick it off? Kick it off. All right, let's kick this off. First product on the list is Big Mountain Foods Fava Feta. So as the name suggests, this is a gourmet, high-protein, dairy-free cheese alternative made from 100% Canadian fava beans. And so it's a clean label, allergen-free option for cheese lovers. And it has 33 grams of protein per pack. So fantastic nutrient density. And also, I just love this brand. They're really committed to sustainability. They source that main ingredient, fava beans, from a local women-owned farm. And the production process actually generates a nutrient-dense byproduct that's upcycled into other products. So such a great brand, such a great product. It's really good grilled. Just on a side note, Big Mountain Foods. Yum. And I think, don't you think, Adrian, that like the the plant-based cheeses have come such a long way. Oh my gosh, they're so delicious now. And that's even yes. happened over the past couple of years, it seems. Agreed. So the other product, which I mentioned a little bit in our intro today, it, that I am obsessed with that I think would make the perfect addition to the charcuterie board of our dreams is Bioko's Creamery plant-based plant milk butter. Now I literally do everything with this. I cook with it. I bake with it. And I also, so one of my favorite farm stands around Boulder is Red Wagon Farm. And one of the women who works there suggested to my mom and I that we get a little bit of butter and we put it on the radishes. They have these like watermelon radishes that are so good. Smear it on there and add a dash of sea salt. So we started doing it with Miyoko's. It's so good. Wow. I have never tried that. Did I just blow your mind? I don't think you I've ever blew, seen it. You blew my mind. <laughs> what? And so this is um, crafted with organic cashew milk that's cultured and churned using traditional creamery methods. You can really taste that in there. It doesn't have palm oil or lactose. And it's really something that I could see being used in restaurants, by chefs, home cooks, and also just people who are craving that delicious rich butteriness of butter says the person with the butter pillow <laughs> behind her I like how many times can you say butter in this in a sentence it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> all right next up of course we have prime roots koji foie gras torchon should i say it it's unforgettable how many times have we said that on the naturalist this year now, this, of course, is not Prime Roots only product. They also have, you know, it would be great on the vegan charcuterie board. They also have this um, black truffle pate, which is incredible. They have a wonderful salami, um, all kinds of really great deli, deli ready um, plant based products. And they're all based in on Koji. The company is a certified B Corp. And so their whole mission is transforming those old world deli products into these clean, sustainable offerings for today's consumers. And of course, you will have heard from Kim today talking a little bit about the company, their mission, and also their impact. So 
they have a third-party life cycle analysis that confirmed that their plant-based meat is 89% to 92% more sustainable than conventional animal protein. So kudos to them. Kudos. And, you know, they, um, we talked about their foie gras a lot, but I do have to say I was impressed by their salami as well. Yes. And I love, I, I, I don't, you know, we said we committed to charcuterie board, but I do love an antipasto as well. And so the salami, their salami is so, so good. So all of their products are really impressive. Well, I think a salami can go on a charcuterie board. Yes, it can. It should go on it, a it should. charcuterie board. It should. It should. I just wanted to give a nod to an antipasto because I don't feel like we, you know, whatever. It's the Italian in me. Show some love to the antipasto. Is that going to be a new next D category, the <laughs> antipasto category? I think so. All right. Next up, we have Climax Foods Blue Cheese. So Climax is a really interesting company that's leveraging AI to develop its amazing non-dairy cheese formulations. They talk about how they're really deeply understanding what makes animal products so craveable and able to achieve those same types of results with plants. And they do that using artificial intelligence, their own generative AI. We have a great piece on this on newhope.com that talks to their founder and sure we'll have them on our podcast pretty soon here as well. But the blue cheese in particular really had that like that tang, that zest. It was so good. And of course the texture, super creamy and absolutely delicious. So we got to have a blue cheese on there. Yeah. This product blew my mind as well when I tried it. It's amazing. And I think this one is made using pumpkin seeds, among other great ingredients. So such a good product. And for the last innuendo-filled vegan cheese, we've got Spreadum Kitchen, meadow herb and garlic cheese alternative. This cheese alternative is so delicious. I believe it was a Nexi winner last year. Um, such a good product. Great for your gut. It's clean ingredients, full of probiotics, fantastic option, really creamy, and they use nuts and vegetables that are sourced directly from producers wherever possible. So, and of course, the cashews score really high in most measures of sustainability. So it's not only a delicious alternative, it's also planet friendly and looks good on a cheese board. Looks damn good on a cheese board. <laughs> Yum! I... I'm really excited about this vegan charcuterie slash antipasto slash cheese board. Slash vegan butter on radishes. You heard it here first. So make sure to subscribe and like us wherever you listen to your podcasts.